Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Happy Thanksgiving from the High Cotton Club. I am your co-host, Connor Hendrickson. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 35 of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club with special guest Brian Turley this week. Brian Turley, I know he's going to be traveling up to the Philadelphia area for Thanksgiving. And so we wanted to make sure for all of those of you who might be traveling on Thanksgiving, we gave you a Thanksgiving episode, an early release dropping here on Thursday. So whether you're listening to it here on Thanksgiving, throughout the holiday weekend, we hope that you have a safe, happy holiday weekend. And thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. We dive into a little bit about Brian Turley and just a little bit more about his life, his experience in the golf industry before reflecting on the Gallup, the fourth edition of the High Cotton Classic, looking ahead to Santa Slam, which is coming up December 3rd at Golf RX. Something that we're all thankful for is our partnership with Golf RX. And so this is a great way to get involved, get connected, and show them how much you appreciate their support. So make sure you get dialed in with Santa's Slam at Golf RX. We have signups available on Discord through our Google Sheets on Instagram. So make sure that you reach out if you can't find those and we'll get you dialed in. Signups are going to close the Friday after Thanksgiving. So make sure you get signed up. Also, while we're talking about signups, signups for the extinction are live. Scheduled for June 10th, but we're looking to change it to June 3rd, just waiting on the hotel. Hotel's been a little incommunicado during the holiday. We understand that, but we're going to get that dialed in soon. So make sure you sign up before you miss your spot. And then tune into the rest of the episode for a little bit of spring preview predictions for the end of the 2023 season. And then a Q&A, a great Q&A, a lot of questions for our guy Brian Turley. So we appreciate everybody very much. Without any further ado, please enjoy today's episode. Let's roll that intro. Rich, some guys like it quiet, some guys like it loud. This is... You know, the gator needs to look like he needs some exercise, I don't know. Of course, the conditions now that he has to play the shot, test anyone. It's a great story. Welcome into Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. I am your co-host, Connor Hendrickson, joined by the one and only, the Extinction Champion himself, Mr. Brian Turley. Sporting the Extinction hoodie, looking sharp. How are we doing tonight? Doing well, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming into the city, Baron, uh, dealing with the crazy turns and you know, I think uh, we can, you know, we have to take responsibility for our own actions. And I need to, you know, take responsibility for my faults. And, uh, you know, Google Maps isn't always the best. But, you know, I grew up in Nashville. I should know where 12th Avenue is. And so to continue to pass it over and over, I'll take responsibility for that. You got here. That's all that matters. We got here and we're excited to bring you guys a holiday episode. I found myself listening to 
a lot of podcasts during the holidays if I'm, you know, trying to sneak away, if I'm driving, whatever. So we wanted to make sure, even though it's a holiday week, we wanted to bring a podcast to you. So happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful for all of y'all with the High Cotton Club, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Um, Brian, for those of, you know, the few people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm a 28-year-old kid, just moved to Nashville um, by way of San Diego, a little time in Philadelphia, um, and just degenerate golfer like the rest of us, and just excited to be a part of this group and part of the High Cotton Club. So you spent some time in the golf business before moving into, you know, kind of the, I guess, profitable business world, you know, because yep. it's, it's a tough wave as a, as a golf pro. So you worked in the public scene in San Diego, correct? Correct, yeah. I uh, worked at this place, Coronado Municipal Golf Course. It's a pretty crazy place, top 10 most played golf course in the country, did uh before COVID, did about 85,000 rounds a year. And during COVID, did over 110,000. Which, if you guys aren't in the golf industry, just to set a little bit of perspective, there's 52 weeks in a year. So, 80-some thousand rounds is more than 1,000 rounds a week. 110,000 is double that. It's on, on average, it's 305 rounds a day. When I was working at Hermitage, our max days, I think, were like days that, you know, we were miserable was like 300 days. So if you're averaging that, you know, you're getting up into 400 golfers a day. And that was the two golf courses at Hermitage. So, yeah, we yeah. just had one. That's that's incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was a good spot. Uh, Pace play, not an issue. Not an issue. We had a – it used to be an issue. There was a long-time pro there. He was there for like 45 years. And then about seven years ago, this guy Brian Smock – kind of a local legend in San Diego, um, took over after about 20 years on the nationwide tour or corn ferry. Um, and he's kind of brought that place back to its glory days and it's thriving. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the kind of San Diego scene. And I'm curious to hear about the Philly golf scene too, but about Coronado specifically, how long did you work there? Um, about, Started after college, 2016, so almost six years. So, for those of us who have not seen the golf course, can you kind of paint a picture of the setting? Is this, you know, right smack dab in the city? Do you have to drive out a little bit? I, I hear Coronado, and I think coastline. Yeah, it's on the coastline. Um, downtown San Diego is right on the San Diego Bay. To get to Coronado, you take a bridge over. It's a, People call it Coronado Island. It's a, technically a peninsula. Um Driver of the bridge, the golf course is right under the bridge on the bay. Um, kind of loops around. You got about six holes right in the water. Can see the water from every hole. The flattest piece of land ever. Okay, I didn't expect that. Yeah, super flat. Um, I expected like some bluffs and drop offs. No, it is at sea level, maybe a couple feet above sea level. Okay. Um, flat, just a great muni. So. For those of us who grew up kind of in the South, haven't really gotten out of the South a whole lot, is it, would it resemble Florida golf almost? Um, no, because okay. there's no – I love that. No penalty. Or there's – you can hit in the bay on like five or six holes, and then there's like one pond. Okay. So it's pretty – it's about 6,500 yards, kind of tree-lined, um, like little slight dog legs. 
Thick rough or is it no, just kind of barren? Kind of barren. Uh, all Kikuya. If you're okay. not familiar with Kikuya, it's like the typical grass out there, drought resistant. Um, fun greens are poa, so in the summer they're kind of bumpy. In the winter, they're when it's winter there is only like mid 60s. Sure. Cools down, it gets like in the low 40s at night, but the greens are poa greens. That temperature is perfect. So. We'll talk a little bit about Philly later on in the episode, but to come from there and have to have Philly and then to come to Nashville, we talked a little bit in the Discord and on last week's episode about the Nashville golf scene. Let's go ahead and dive into it a little bit. All right. I mean, it's bad, right? It's not the best. I would say of the three cities in my adult life I've lived in, it's probably is the worst golf scene. I'd say it's uh, more comparable to San Diego, kind of dominated by the public scene. Um, some high-end private courses, but they're not great golf courses. Um, whereas Philly is golfer's paradise, but very private, very um, country club driven. So I'm trying to figure out how not to uh, step on anybody's, you know, toes with this. But the what I'll, I'll, I'll just I won't ask that. I'll ask. What is, you know, the kind of comparison between best of best between here, San Diego, Philly, and kind of like worst of worst? Okay. So, San Diego, like best of best, there's Torrey Pines, obviously. Um, U.S. Open golf course, regular stop on the PGA Tour, um, two golf courses. And, I mean, they're awesome. Not the best golf courses, I would say, if we want to get, like, real into it. But uh, um, right on the water, perfect. San Diego locals can play – the south course which is where they have the u.s open for like 70 bucks north course you can play for 40 bucks um and then out of towners it's like 250 is there because i you know i went we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording i went on a podcast a few years ago on a bit of a rant i looked at the aerial of i believe it was story pines that we were talking about and just kind of looked like a bland golf course right kind of what you see is what you get didn't find a whole lot of intrigue from that, you know, where there's that one guy on Twitter who tweets golf course aerials every day and there's some, you know, that really grab your attention. You're not going to get that there. Is there the elevation change that makes up for that? There's elevation change on the coast. Uh, number three on the south course, the famous part, three down the hill. And then I think it's 15 on the north. They changed, they switched the nines a couple years ago. Um, the north course has a little bit more elevation. Um, the locals like the North better, a little more forgiving. Um, but I've, it's not enough to maybe make up for. No, I've come to. I used to hate Tory Pines, and I've come to appreciate it a bit more. Um, Realizing how, I mean, what's the best that we have in Nashville that you'd say? Public wise, yeah, probably Hermitage or Legacy, and like they're not comparable. I would yeah. say it doesn't even sniff. Definitely. And then what about Philly? Is it, Was there one that really stood out to you? I mean, Philly is just like almost you need a separate podcast for it. It's, I mean, everywhere you go is good. Um, like I said earlier, dominated by the private scene, mm-hmm. um, but fairly affordable. Even like the big ones, Marion, Pine Valley, Aronimink. I mean, those are like high-end, high-end, but sure. you get country clubs that no one's ever heard of and 
they're awesome. Like a bunch of my buddies belong to this place called the White Marsh Valley Country Club. It's awesome. Of course, I played at in college, Lanark Country Club, and they're just so good. Well, what is the worst golf experience that you've had in Nashville so far? Uh, I golf did it course wise company golf out in one morning at Nashville national. <laughs> yeah. <let's go. laughs> and it was bad. <laughs> yeah. How long did your round take? Uh, so if you just go into a full fire session on that whole day, if you don't mind. So well, it started, it's a long story. It started, I'll try to keep it quick. The, no, we have all the time in the world uh, to, <laughs> to hate on that golf course. My so, only connection to like still have any sort of like good feelings towards that golf course was a superintendent. He's McCabe now. So we're full fire fest okay. on the natty. Okay. Nice. We take a brief break from today's episode to talk to you about the rudder at anchor high Marina where Patrick Patton and the Patton family, they consistently crush whatever they're doing and what they're doing right now is something very, very cool. It's trivia on Wednesday nights at 7 PM at the rudder at anchor high Marina. You can find them at one, two, six river road in Hendersonville, Tennessee. It's a great place right on old Hickory Lake. I know that the weather's getting a little bit colder during the summer. It has all the vibes, but during the winter, it's a great time too. And that is a great place to check in any day of the week, Wednesday through Thursday, they're open 11 to 11. Friday through Saturday, 11 to 12, and then Sundays, 11 to 11. So a great day to get out, watch football game, watch whatever sports are going on. Happy hour, Tuesday through Friday, 2 to 6, outside of their great events, like Wednesday night trivia at 7 p.m. So come on, talk nerdy to me, $50 for first place, $25 for second, and $10 for third place. It's family friendly, so bring the kiddos, get involved. It's a great place. The Rudder at Anchor High Marina, Patrick Patton and the Patton family, they consistently take care of us with the High Cotton Club, and they can take care of you as well. So it started like the week before we get this email at work, like we're going to do a company golf outing Saturday morning at like 8 a.m. And like me being from the golf industry, I'm like, this is a nightmare. Like if I was on the golf course side, I would hate us. And you're, yeah, Saturday morning. That's just dumb. Yeah, dumb. And so I call over. I'm like, none of this sounds right. Whoever, the person who is scheduling it from our work, like none of it sounded right. So I called over the golf course and they're like, yeah, you, you're not on the schedule. Sick. And it turns out they kind of, the golf course kind of messed up. So they like snuck us in. Shocker. And they were like putting eight groups of corporate guys. Most of us don't golf in between public play. <laughs> and it was just, it was kind of. So you shotgun start in between tee times? We kind of. We teed off on one in between tee times. So they would go like public outing public outing public outing what was pace play like uh i think we left after like 15 holes yeah and it was kind of like right out coming out of the winter a little bit so there, some of the greens had free burn on them and do you enjoy that bar by the bluff though yeah that place is cool and they have the cheapest natty in nashville dollar natties you're welcome for both of those <laughs> okay yeah all right i mean you know we had the we talked earlier about taking responsibility when you have to and i'm not a guy who always wants to take credit but with Nashville National, I thousand percent will because they would not be open if it was not for me. Okay. So like I'm gonna flex a little bit whenever it comes to Nashville National. So yeah, the dollar natties, I brought those in. That was the hot dogs were good. Um, you know, I didn't have anything to do with with the you know what exactly kind of hot dogs we were ordering. But when I got there, we didn't have natural light, and I said we're okay. bringing in natural light. It was a dollar. Everybody was bringing in you know people were bringing in their Yetis, sitting them on their golf cart. Like we're in it's in Jolton. So you 
show up to the golf course, $6, you get six beers and a bag of ice. You can't beat that. Can't anywhere. beat it. Anywhere. I might just start driving out there to get my beer for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that I loved that. And, uh, I, I love that you had a terrible experience at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. What, what did you think about the golf course? Because I had the part of my deal to go there was that he was going to allow me to be part of the redesign process. And so he had hired an architect and the architect had a plan. I looked at the plan and I told him, let's do 12 holes. And, you know, you make that a 12-hole place, then there's room for yeah. a short course, and that place would be phenomenal. You, the, so many tight holes become really wide fairways, yeah. and you could really have a whole lot of fun with that. But as the golf course is right now, I mean, how honestly, bad would you say it was? It was in bad condition. Okay. To be honest, there was, like, there's some, cool some shots good too. bones. Like, yeah. there's some cool, like, shape of fairways and stuff. The land is great. Yeah. And... Like the like up by the snack bar, the short par four um, down the hill, or there's the par three down the hill, and then you kind of go out. So I took the par three away, and that's a tee shot into a double fairway down there. Okay, going to that next green on the next. That would have been cool. That would have been awesome. And then the right there by the bar where you go through the trees, because that's the hardest hole in the golf course. Nobody really liked that hole. That and nobody liked the par three over there right behind it okay so blow up the par three turn it into a reverse for dan you go from that tee box by the bar by the bluff it's a par five cape hole you take out all those trees on the right so you can see over the bluff that's one of the best holes in the state yeah i mean the land is there to do it that would have been sweet would have been could have been yeah. should have been um but without getting too too far down a rabbit hole what is the worst experiences comparatively between nashville you know and the natty to San Diego or Philly? I mean, Philly. Philly, I never really had any bad golf experience. Um, like, even the public golf there is good. Pace plays moving. Uh, pace plays not bad. Um, but, like, Prices. good golf courses. Public golf's more like on the Hermitage level, like okay. 100, um, 100 plus. Um, San Diego, kind of the same way. Um, where I worked at, it was like, think with a cart on the weekend for a non-resident it was like 80 bucks so pretty reasonable um bad there's some like courses in like the mountains of san not mountains but like the hills of san diego that i personally hate but they're like on everyone's kind of bucket list when they go out there for a bachelor party or something they're just cool holes huge houses tr they're true golf courses um is it kind of like my disdain for Gaylord? I've never played Gaylord. Okay. So, I don't know. Um, it's just like, well, one, it's a corporate, like, mess. Two, it's just shouldn't be there. Like, if they were going to put a golf course there, they should have done it completely differently. Um, and it's a lot of, oh, look at me, but not actually interesting golf. Yeah, I would say that. Um, definitely, I'm like – there's this place, Madeiras in San Diego. I'm sure if we have any, like, one, anyone who's played the Madeiras who listens to this podcast, they're going to think I'm crazy, but I think it's a bad golf course. Cool views and stuff, but bad golf course. Um, actually, San Diego and, like, other – San Diego has better public golf. Private golf is kind of the same. There's, like, very high-end old money, La Jolla Country Club, which is, like, comparable to Bell Mead. Um, there's the new money clubs, like the Grove or – I guess governor's club down there. Um, 
there's, I mean, private golf, but not the best. And then Philly is just so good. And obviously with the kind of shape that the golf scene has taken on a larger scale, I would accredit it to, obviously we had the Royal and Ancient Societies, you know, all the way back in the day. But I think the Buck Club kind of started the trend to where we started getting all these pop-up societies here across the country and kind of across the world again. So I would imagine that you hadn't had any experiences similar to the High Cotton Club before coming here. No, we did have a roost, or I guess it wasn't a roost when I was there. Okay, we had yeah, like yeah. the uh, locale, yep. uh, Royal and Ancient No disrespect, group. that's right. Um, like, solid group. I, a couple guys I played with, um, just occasionally. Nothing to the level the high cotton is, though. Okay. Um, I imagine that now that, you know, the roosts are kind of taking fuller shape, that they've... Are you still in their Discord? I'm still in their Discord. They don't do Discord. They just have a WhatsApp group. Okay. Um, there's as much, a lot more people. Um, it's San Diego, LA, um, a little north of LA, Ventura County. Um, so it's kind of spread out. I mean, I guess ours is spread out, but it's a little, the city, it's just easier to get around here, I would say, even though mm-hmm. you're traveling maybe further distances. Sure. Um, I think there was talk about California breaking up into three roofs today. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, they could easily do it like in LA, Ventura, San Diego, Orange County, and then Northern California. Yeah, I think they were talking like NorCal, MidCal, LoCal. Yeah, and you could do that. MidCal, there's not as ton a ton of like there's a lot more space um, in between cities, but you could do it. Include like just north of LA, and then LoCal is LA and down. Well, we loved the uh, you know hanging out with NorCal guys down in Kansas City. Um, they were fantastic. So. If there's a, you know, I don't know what the conference alignment would look like with three California roost. I think it'd be probably unfair to put them all three against each other and take one California. But maybe that's also the most fair way, you know. Yeah. Uh, just one California roost. Don't let, um, you know, I think the Dry Heat Golf Club, Southwest Roost Runners, changed their name Dry Heat Golf Club. Okay. I like that. Um, them and LoCal obviously makes a lot of sense. And then NorCal going up up north makes sense too so maybe yeah. they just keep it split that way and put the uh if if mid-cal comes to fruition probably down in the low-cal wouldn't you think yeah most likely because if you like santa barbara ventura is kind of like the same and that's where like uh this place called soul park is they get a lot of love mm-hmm. on like nlu or um fried egg they do a couple events out there and that's kind of where a lot of the low-cal guys are so you could almost like have their It'd be a smaller roost, I'd say, like forty people, thirty people, and and that's all it takes. You yeah, know, we did, we didn't start out with with the most, but um, fluctuated up to ninety at the end of last year, and we're hovering around sixty five right now. Um, first of all, did you get involved just through the refuge, seeing that we popped up? How did you get involved with the high? I think I went on like knowing no one in Nashville. Um, just go on the refuge, golfers journal Discord. And just be like, hey, where did, where's good to play? Where's good to practice? Anyone want to play? And I think you reached out through the refuge. And then I, like, shortly after, the event up at Kenny Perry's was yes, sir. coming. So yeah. that was my first experience to the high cotton. What an experience to uh, have for the first one. Oh, yeah. Um, so getting involved with the high cotton club, having that be your first experience, just talk us through that a little bit. What was, you know, you're coming from – we we all are you know you're, you're Cali boy you know yeah. from, from, even though you lived in Philly, um, 
So what what was your impressions of Kenny Perry's of the High Cotton Club? That was a that was a heck of a day. I didn't play. I'm out there in waders putting the float yeah. green in the pond. <laughs> yep. This is like welcome to the High Cotton oh, Club. Oh yeah. Welcome to the South. Not the Midwest, like uh someone yeah. said in the Discord. I, don't, today. I do not <laughs> want to hear that, Colin. Tennessee Kentucky is the South. Tennessee is the South. You know, you can make arguments for regions of probably Illinois and Indiana, like being part of the South mm-hmm. and not part of the Midwest, just based on culture. But you cannot make the argument in good faith that Tennessee is in the Midwest. No, no way. And I mean, I think that was like my first uh, thought out at Kenny Perry's of the High Cotton was like the Southern hospitality. Just like you to start off, just like welcoming me in. And then everyone was super friendly. Great spot. A little wet that day, I think, if I remember, but a ton of fun. Um, and I mean, it's been great. I like, I feel like I have a group of 65 friends and haven't been here for more than, or less. I've only been here for 10 months. Yeah, it's a, it's a special thing, the community that we've built. And I say that a lot, but it, it really is credit to everybody who's gotten involved. It is nice to feel like you, you have so many guys that you can reach out to pretty much anytime just to talk shop, go play golf, whatever you want to do. Um, so you had a bit of a run in the state of Kentucky, I guess, starting off at Kenny Perry's and then winning the extinction. Well, I'll ask you some more questions about the extinction later on, but you're the first extinction champion, I believe, that we've had on the podcast. So how, how, how was that feeling? How was that experience? Humbling, but uh, good to come on here and be able to rub it in Stu's face a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that final – because uh, – let me see if I remember this correctly because I'm terrible at remembering golf rounds a lot of times. This was – you had Mies as your partner. And – yep. And yep. it's Mies versus um, Britain, right? Oh, no. So, no. that was the second that extinction. That was the second one. Okay. That, that was that, Britain's partner. That's that's where I thought I was misremembering. Yeah, I was okay. – uh, Nick Steen. Nope. He's going to kill me. Who's the rodeo guy? Dakota Brown. Dakota. Ah, how did how did I, how not did I forget his that? name? How did he was I not cash. Remember? He made like a eight footer on uh, number eight. Yep. And when he was when he like addressed that golf ball, I just knew it, he was going to make it. Just so much confidence. Stones. He he did what he had to mm-hmm. do. That was awesome. The second one, I thought I thought I was going to go back to back, but that I missed like sick. an eight footer on eight as well, and then we lost to Mason. Uh, who was his partner? They won on nine in the dark, kind of. That was was that. I see. Like I said, I'm terrible at remembering who wins these things. Um, there, I, it's crazy. We haven't even been doing this for. I guess we're right at a full year because okay. the roundup that we did before pre nulling up roost was this time last year. Um, so I guess we're just about a year of doing like one day events, and yeah, they're just they're not coming to top of mind like they used to. But congratulations to whoever, you know, won that. And we hope to have you on the podcast sometime. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in a little bit further. We'll ask you some more questions later on. But want to get into the Gallup. Um, obviously, coming off of last week's episode, there was a bit of chat in the Discord. You know, Tanner and I talked. Um, how – we'll just dive right into it. How do you recall what happened on number four – during the derby our second hole number four during the derby so we all kind of i think tanner hit uh our second shot on the green and we were kind of walking up and 
uh, Burris chipped up, and then if I remember correctly, Tanner sprinted from the fairway to the cart because he was so fired up. He had a good shot, correct? Yes. Okay. And then we drove up there. Um, Burris chipped up past the hole a little bit, and then D ball was chipping, and I think me and Tanner and you were talking and not really paying attention and no offense to D ball. I thought there was no way in hell he would hit the ball that I was supposed to mark in front of the pin. Cause it was like 10 feet left of the pin. So let me ask you that in alternate shot, is it your responsibility to mark it as you're playing the next ball? Or is it Tanner's responsibility to mark it as who hit the golf shot? I think it's whoever gets up there. Whoever gets up there. That's We're up there the same up there at the same time i'm not gonna throw my partner under the bus that's what i was <laughs> looking for and, I, and I, I love that i love for for you sticking by your guy like i said on last week's episode i hope that a bunch of people do take tanner's side um but you know i gotta i gotta do what i gotta do to protect the field you know yeah, what i mean I mean, it's, you guys won doesn't matter well you know because i was protecting the field and it just so happened i was part of the field that got protected but normally when you think of backstop and you think like the ball's up by the hole it's gonna <laughs> stop the ball from going way past the pen this one just kept it from getting to the pen totally fair but also to be fair we're introducing new rules in discord shout out walt he's done a great job kind of redoing the discord kind of resembling the refuge a little bit but just trying to streamline things and we're going to introduce rules just you know as a little bit of a, a precaution and i'd like to share those on the podcast real quick while we're on the topic um let's see here let me pull it up real quick uh goodness gracious losing it all right number one the tc way use your best judgment and don't be a scumbag two no politics take to facebook number three <laughs> no spam do not inappropriately attempt to sell your business services merch use gear you know on the trading block stuff like that that's fair but just don't keep going um and four no backstopping refer, refer to rule number one okay so it was know. an accidental backstop in listen for sure. Um, but we're going to try to have some fun with that bit and, and do what we can to drag that out for as long That's as fine. I can. That's fine. So, um, talk me a little bit through just that day through your match. Tanner said we, when we talked that, you know, the scoring thing that we talked about last week was off. He shot probably right around that six over that we were talking about, um, that we thought, but how did the round go? What did you feel like between your, you know, your partnership and just the match? I thought Tanner and I vibed pretty well. We were kind of talking about it every few days leading up for probably like two weeks leading up to the event and just kind of had good game plan. Uh, we came out playing pretty well, both of us, um, and had a couple hole lead going into the back nine and kind of halved a couple holes. They were getting – the guys we were playing both got pops on, so we felt like those were wins. And then uh, my Southern California blood got a little bit too cold in the 35-degree weather, and I started hitting the ball out of bounds and leaving totally Tanner fair. leaving Tanner by himself. Um, but we got out of it and then got to the uh, the derby. And Had you played that golf course before? No. Okay. Nope. It's great golf course. Um, probably one of the better ones – I've played in Nashville for sure. Um, I'd like to see it in like October Definitely. instead of, uh, instead November. of November. Um, but I mean, a ton of fun. Like that would definitely be a place I would want to join if I joined a club here. Mm -hmm. um, just good golf course. Like the bunker, I thought the bunkering was really good. Um, I like the like kind of flat, flat bottoms and the high like grass faces. Um, 
and then the derby we played good on in the derby we think we were didn't make a bogey into the last hole i laid the sod over a little wedge do you remember what happened on the first did y'all make birdie or par on the first uh derby hole? uh we because made technically we made par um but it our putt didn't matter okay so did same you, with the second hole so tanner teed off did tanner miss the birdie putt I missed the birdie putt. You missed the birdie putt. Yeah. So you did miss the birdie putt. Yeah. Okay. So this is what we were talking about when Stu said last week on the podcast, like, don't you hate to make, hit a great drive and make a par. And Tanner thought when we talked that y'all did make birdie. So wanted to clarify. Nope. He, uh, we made par. We missed the birdie putt. Okay. I actually have a wild story about a derby. Yeah. I, that's what he was sharing with me. So go ahead. and. So I wasn't there, but one of my good buddies in San Diego um, was playing at the member, member, member guest at uh, Goat Hill Park, kind of famous little golf course. Um, John Ashworth, who owns Link Soul, kind of restored and just super bare bones, great vibe. Um, the first hole there is like 280 yards, and they go out on the derby. And my buddy, uh, Chris Russell, um, and hits a hole in one. First hole of the derby. Hits a hole in one, and then they lose on the next hole. That's just brutal you did all that you could so i think like if you have i mean in hindsight it's easy to say but there should be a rule like if you make a hole in one in a derby it's over i i think that's a fair rule yeah i i think we can apply that to all high cotton derbies moving forward if you ace it it's over yep it's like uh what what is it like death cup yeah yeah it's like if you if you hit the death cup if you hit that cup sitting in someone's hand or hold where they're holding the cup it's over now do you think that's excluding par threes or including par no threes? i think any hole in one okay yeah any i, I agree I don't, I don't have any problem with that so coming off the gallop before that you played in the fourth edition of the high cotton classic your first high cotton classic what was your experience like with that i know it didn't go exactly how you wanted to no but i mean a ton of fun um got to play a couple golf courses i hadn't played so it's kind of like my thing in any city I live in. I want to try to play every every course, check it off my list. Um, I had a buddy who I met here through a mutual friend, um, and he was like, oh, let's do it. He's like, I'm not traveling for work. Um, that'd be great. And then we find out he has to travel for work for three months. Um, so we unfortunately had to forfeit a match. Um, but first match against Joey and Marshall out at their club, ton of fun, and then uh, – Final match at uh, Gallatin against Tanner and Ricky. Any thoughts on playing folks at their home courses in the next edition? Uh, probably won't happen, but uh, I don't really mind it. Nor I should. I'm also was playing like a vanity handicap. I think that's D Ball's term. I have a vanity vanity handicap, so it's a lot harder when you're playing someone's home course. Definitely, definitely. Any and any time. Gallatin Country Club, you almost have to play. Like, they play everything gross out there. So, if you are going to play a stroke, you almost have to play, like, half-stroked because yeah. strokes mean a whole, whole lot out there. Oh, yeah. And Gall especially Gallatin, like, usually – or the longer holes aren't crazy long. Yep. So, I think uh, that makes a big difference, too. Yeah, I don't think that anything's, like, not reachable in two if you hit a good drive. Yeah. And I think when you have – like two fairly good players, it's tough. Definitely. So look forward to having a, a, an event out there. Tanner's going to get us hooked up. He's uh, 
slowly working his way onto the board there. So he's going to oh, have nice. to the pool and he's going to get us hooked up. So nice. that's going to be very cool and excited to get out there. Looking at February, I do believe. So um, we'll, you know, be posting more on that. Can't wait to get that set up on Unknown Golf. Um, but until then, we have Santa's Slam coming up December 3rd at Golf RX. Make sure you get signed up for this. Signups are going to close this week. Um, if you're listening to this on Thursday, or I guess on Friday, you know what? We're going to do an early job. We'll release this on Thanksgiving. We can release it for the people to listen to if they're driving to or from. So you have an extra day to sign up for Santa's Slam. Three showdown spots in a small field. So it's a very good chance to get your showdown spot if you haven't already. Or if you have, a good chance to keep somebody out of it. Did you play a bunch of simulator golf in Philly during the winter? Uh, no, not really. It was kind of hadn't become a thing yet. I actually played okay. more in San Diego. Okay. Um, there was this place called the Golf Bar. Um, awesome. Nice. What do you think of simulator golf? It's I think it's fun. Different, right? Vastly different. Um, I think you really have to do a way where you like don't have to putt. Okay. So how would you, you know, headed into Santa Slam? If you were to set up putting, what would you be doing? I don't know how you could do it, really. I mean, you have to do it. Um, I think if there's a way you could make the event like, like a challenge, like a long drive, uh, closest to the pin. So we, we have one showdown spot for a long drive, one okay. for close to the pin, and then we're going to play the hay. And so we're going to take one for that as well. That or – I think that's, like, perfect. And then maybe you could do, like – if there's a setting where you, like, auto, auto two, two putts, putts or – Yeah. I'm thinking auto two putts or if you can do, like, you know, gimmies within eight, but auto two Because that's really what it is. That. It's, like, inside ten feet is, like, okay, tough. Yeah, exactly. So we want to make sure somebody's throwing a dart in there. They're not making a par just from somebody hitting the green and getting an auto two putt. Yeah. So we'll get that worked out. Handicaps are going to be very interesting for that. But either way, somebody's going to be going to the showdown from that. And so it's going to be exciting. We take another break from today's episode to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Golf RX and Mountain Juliet. Golf RX can get you dialed in whether you need custom club fitting, club repair, lessons, whether you need new grips, you need your lies and lofts checked, Whatever you need, Ryan Smith at Golf RX can get you dialed in like he's gotten me dialed in. I've talked a lot on the past episodes about my Frankenwood, my TaylorMade Stealth 5 wood with a 3-wood shaft. Couldn't have gotten dialed in with that in time for the Roost National Championship if it hadn't been for Ryan Smith. So shout out Golf RX. Whatever you need, Golf RX in Mount Juliet is the place to get it. 11972 Lebanon Road in Mount Juliet. You can give them a call. 615 288 Four five three nine. Come on and sign up for Santa's Slam. It's our last event of 2022, last event of the calendar year, and it just so happens to be at our presenting sponsors, Golf RX and Mountain Juliet. So we're going to be doing a close to the pin contest, a long drive contest, and we're also going to be playing the hay. Signups were supposed to be closed, but we're extending them. We're going to open up open them up for a little bit longer. So make sure you sign up, get involved, reach out if you don't know where to sign up, and we can get you dialed in. Now, without any further ado, back to today's episode. Looking forward to the spring and, you know, kind of our Roost Regional qualifying schedule. How are you feeling about – I think you've already qualified for the showdown, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, Through the extinction. Yep. So, how are you feeling heading into the spring? Do you feel like you have a good chance at the showdown? Did you qualify at the showdown last year? Um, I qualified for it. Okay. I think at 
But you weren't in the oh, derby because you caddied for... I caddied for uh, Dylan. That's right. Yep. Um, I think last year I qualified through the extinction. This one through the extinction, but the uh, stable fared format. Yep, that's correct. And the jackpot if we're getting a little cocky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so excited to you know, have you back in the showdown. Obviously hope that you can make that derby this time. What are your feelings in potentially representing the roost at the regional and also potentially beyond that sweetens cove next year you're wearing a sweetens hat i know and i play sweetens well god i love to hear that yeah that's i uh, do not that sweetens just i don't know it kind of puts me in a good mood i always say that's like a course this is like a debate we always have in the discord i think park mammoth or sweetens but sweetens could be a place where like god forbid if my dad or mom passed away i could go there the next day and i'd be like all right, I'm in. It's going to be okay. It's just like a that's good special. vibe. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good vibe for sure. So obviously hope that you make the regional and, and can yeah. make it all the way down there. I would love to be down there. We're, we're looking to take, you know, our absolute dogs. I've been out in the recruiting trail a little bit, talking to some guys that I have to know from back in the day in the competitive golf scene. I know that it's all net and it comes down to, you know, strokes and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you got to have killers. Yeah. I mean, and handicaps are handicaps. Like, you just got to play to your handicap or better. Yes, 1,000%. And in those big moments, you expect a low handicapper to be able to do that more so than a high handicapper. So, Definitely. not, you know, not to discourage any of our high handicappers from try, trying to qualify. We're giving you the setup to qualify. You know, it's a bunch of net stuff. And then all you got to do is make it three or four holes in a gross derby. And last year, it wasn't like we were – making birdies in that derby. I think no. Stu played well, but other than that, there were some bogeys getting by. I mean, heck, you can just – you just got to advance. It's like yep, it's like March Madness, advance. survive in advance. Exactly. That's that's what I was doing at the Gallup against Gooch on that first hole is just, what are you doing? Let me do one better. Yep. <laughs> so, um, excited to kind of unveil the spring schedule. We're working on that with um, Limestone Springs. I think it's Limestone Springs. I think so. Down in Alabama. Um, Gallatin Country Club, like we mentioned, and then we're working on still Mossy Oak for the member guest in March. That would be fantastic if that could work out during a Mississippi State and Vanderbilt baseball weekend. Um, and then, you know, we're waiting with when we have to have our regional on when we start the High Cotton Classic. If we do it February, March, or April, how much based on how much time that we have, we want to make sure that we get that in so that we can have our team ad adequately selected um, in the format that we want. So. Without any further ado, let's get into some questions. A uh, bunch of questions for you. First of all, from Clay, what is the biggest difference between the golf scene in Nashville and San Diego or Philly? I'd say biggest, I mean, we kind of mentioned it earlier, Philly is like dominated by private golf and is a top two golf, top three golf destination in the world, I'd say. Like just every golf course is so good. Um, like if I have my top 50 golf courses, five are in Philly in the top 10 and probably my favorite golf courses in the world's in Philly, and which is Marion. Okay. San Diego, uh, similar to Nashville, just a little bit better public golf. Okay. And totally fair. Can see, can see where you would see that. All right. From Tanner. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but if you want to put any final words on what your perspective is on the controversy. I think it's a moot point now okay i'll continue to talk about it so i don't know if it's completely mute but you know it's in my 
valid or invalid, we'll continue to. Okay. <laughs> no backstopping. Um, all right. So he also asked, would you run back the same team? Next question. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can we expect that next fall maybe? If he'll have me back. I'll, I promise I'll be warm next time. Okay. That would be a, a very scary team. I do not like having Tanner be the B player in any situation. So that would be very interesting. Um, but if you look at the finals, you know, the final four of the High Cotton Classic this year, our low handicaps didn't make it through. Yeah. I mean, it's – especially those like five to – nine handicaps like they're dangerous yes sir uh i like to think so all right so um from Stu, what's your highest or most memorable golf achievement um i'd like to say beating Stu whenever i can um but <laughs> probably i won a one one college golf tournament i won um my senior year fall of my senior year at marion so Sick. pretty cool. Sick. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, what was the name of the tournament? Uh, the city six. So it's like all the Philly schools. That's awesome. Um, that's fantastic. Um, for me, I would say probably, you know, doing it with the boys in Kansas city and then following that up with NIT. I've had a, a lackluster career up until recently. So yeah, you've um, had a good couple months. It was a good golf. few months. Yeah. Um, still, I was asked if the big moment was too big for me. And so I have a few opportunities to prove that it's not. The only opportunities that I've been told that I have are the High Cotton Classic, the Roos Club Championship, and the NIT. So we got to make it back to the Roos Club Championship so I can have a chance for redemption. I got to make it back to the NIT so I can have a shot. And I've made it to three semifinals in the High Cotton Classic and haven't won one. So only been one finals. So we got to do better. We got to do better. Um, all right. What golf format do you enjoy the most? Stroke play, match play, four ball, scramble, et cetera? Uh, four ball. Totally agree. Yeah, four ball. I think it's just so much fun. Like my fa my like fondest golf memories are playing with my buddies and just tense little Nassau's or Yep. And four ball's great. Yeah, because you have that team element, but you still get to play your own ball, so there's more drama and, and you're still, you know, getting to post scores at the end of it, which is always important. Yeah. Um, love that. Let's see. Next question from Mace. How cool did it feel to almost ace 18 in front of everyone at Park Mammoth? It was pretty cool. Um, probably not as cool as some may think. Cause I, like we couldn't really see, Yeah, like right. we didn't really know like the green is, I mean, you can see the pin, but you can't really see the green. So I think most of us just thought it was close. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't really know it like should have gone in, but a great shot regardless. Jordan Miller asks, have you ever aced a par four? Never aced a par four. Um, only one hole in one. Okay. Where was that at? Uh, this place is in San Diego called Mission Bay. And okay. it, some controversy, it's par three course. Oh, okay. Um, 90 yards, hole number two. Um, I think it counts because – so in San Diego, there's a big skins game at Mission Bay on Friday nights. The Golfers Journal actually did a little piece on it um, last year during the U.S. Open um won me like eighteen hundred dollars so I think it counts. It absolutely counts. If it if it has that much on the line, it thousand percent counts. I've seen two hole in ones on a par four. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That's um yeah, you're flying close to the sun. Hopefully you can but, reach it yourself. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um still looking for mine, so 
Hopefully someday. I feel like I, it's never going to happen. I just feel like it's not in the cars. For it usually happens on, like, the worst shot ever, too. It's, like, a little skanky blade and kind of just trickles, drills the flagstick and goes in. Sure, which, <laughs> which is tough to do here in Middle Tennessee. There's not oh, yeah. a whole lot of par threes that you can get no, away with that on. No, um, And I'm not exactly, you know, taking out flagsticks all the time. So, um, Gervais asked stories from both of us about the highs and lows in our golf journey. And I talked to you before we started recording. I'm not sure if he's talking about as playing or in the industry. So, however you want to take it. I'd say, to be honest, I haven't had, like, really many bad experiences in working in the golf industry. Um, the place I was at was great, awesome. Head pro was great. Had a great staff, great playing staff. Um, like head pros played in the PGA a couple times. Assistant played last year, two years ago. Um, so, I, I can't really say I've had too many bad experiences in the um, golf industry, which I would say I'm one of the few. Um, I would guess you would disagree with or have a different opinion on that or a different experience. Yeah, I I didn't have very many good experiences in the golf industry. Everything kind of – every rose has its thorn. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely grateful for my time in the golf business, but I'm also more than grateful to be done with it. And this is more than enough for me. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the natty and we don't have to throw anybody else under the bus, but yeah, there's certain situations that are, and we've talked about it before, encouraged at other facilities with great leadership and discouraged at facilities with poor leadership. Yeah. And so that, you know, it's tough to be in those situations and, um, is what it is. But as a player, I choked a ton growing up, like just so much. I was so bad under pressure. Um, and then once I kind of got over that, I started fighting my body a lot and then realized that I had Lyme disease. But I took, like, I took the PAT, I think, six or seven times because every time that I would, like, practice and get ready for it and the night before, I, my back would just spasm all night long and then I can't go play the next day worth, you know, any type of quality. And so just, you know, those times where, you know, there was a year where I wasn't allowed at the golf course. Mm -hmm. So to come back from that and, you know, to be able to play – and to be able to have these moments, like you said, in the past couple months, those have been my highs. So, um, as a player, I remember one specifically, like, it's also it's a low moment and a high moment. And I think I might have talked about it before, but it was a tournament in East Tennessee. And it was, like, 30 degrees, snow, rain mix, just miserable. My dad's my caddy, so, like, that was great, but also terrible because I'm pissed off. I can't yeah. hold on to my golf clubs. He's not keeping anything dry, and I don't want to, like, <laughs> throw him under the bus, but, like, you got to do better yeah. for me right now. So, you know, those, but you look back on that, and, like, it was just a great experience, and you learn so much from those. Like, you, you go play at the Gallup, and that was vastly better experience in terms of weather than an experience like that. So you just try to take all the good from the bad that you can. Oh, yeah. I mean – Absolutely. I mean, I've the lowest I've ever felt in the golf course was when I was playing in college or conference championship my junior year, no, sophomore year. And to like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was so bad. I finished DFL by a million shots. I had to putt the next year on the second round on the last hole. If I would have made the putt, I would have been 60 shots better than two rounds the year before. God dang. And that, like, I, you can ask my teammates who were there, they were like, I was in the, just not fun to be around. But then, I mean, golf brings you the best moments. Like, some, my, the best moments of my life are on the golf course, 
being fortunate enough to play some of the best golf courses in the world, being able to shoot some like fairly low scores and win a tournament here and there. So, I mean, golf's like life. It brings you highs and lows. Sure. Yeah. A thousand percent. And speaking of life, let's go ahead and get into our life advice. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off, give you a second, but um, pretty simple for me this week is just be a mental warrior. There's so many times, like I've said many times that, you know, we go through trials and tribulations, but just the ability to kind of um, detach yourself from the situation, from the emotional attachment that you have in the situation and to just like mentally power through it. And no matter how you're feeling to be able to get through that moment, to get through whatever situation you're going through, you just kind of got to, I say cowboy up before, like you just got to kind of be tough and grit your teeth and, and just go through it. And so I say be a mental warrior. Yeah, I love that. I mean, mine's kind of like in the same light. I In San Diego, I coached basketball for like five years and a, my favorite basketball coach, Jay Wright, old coach at Villanova, has a saying, the two things you can control in life are your attitude and your effort. So I think just attacking like each day with the best effort you can give and the best attitude and the next day is a new day. You could have the worst day in the world, and but tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, so go ahead and give it give it your best shot. Yeah. No, I love that. And obviously, uh, Jay Wright, probably a pretty good guy to take his advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, no, that's fantastic. Well, before we wrap up, do you have anything that you want to share, anything to wrap up your first? It's not your first podcast, but your first dialed-in episode, and, and we obviously can't wait to have you back already. Yeah, I mean, pleasure to be here. I appreciate you uh, extending the invite. I think I speak for everyone uh, in the Discord and our roost that we really appreciate everything you do and our group wouldn't uh, be what it is without you and my move to Nashville wouldn't be uh, as good if it wasn't for you guys, you and the group. So thank you. Well, it means a lot. Um, it means a lot just to have everybody involved. It really does. It's It's been a crazy ride over the past you know, year and a half to get to where we are now and, and it really is just special to have this community and it means a lot to hear that it's made your move easier better um and yeah that thank you so much and thank you again to everybody who's been involved and will get involved and who has listened to another episode of dialed in a podcast by the high cotton club we hope that you have a great thanksgiving week um travel safely don't overeat before we get out of here favorite thanksgiving food For me, it's I only got it a couple years ago, and now it's like if I don't have it for Thanksgiving, I'm going to be a little pissed off. Dumplings. My girlfriend okay. makes the best dumplings. Mine, growing up, I hated it, never ate it. My mom makes the best spinach casserole. Okay. It's good. Completely yeah. Yeah, blindsided me there. Spinach casserole. Yeah. Not a big casserole guy myself. I never was, and then I finally tried it, and I was like, damn, that's pretty good. Okay, <laughs> okay, We're, worth a shot. Well, again, appreciate everybody who's tuned in to another episode of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. Until next week, we are keeping you dialed in. <laughs>